This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. All of the uh, features on our website at freetalklive.com are totally free, so do enjoy those. They are on the house. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And Mark returns I'm to the here. airwaves. How was your trip, Mark? It was fabulous. It was yeah. really nice to go back home and see, to see mom. the rents, yeah, and uh See a lot of friends, eat at a lot of restaurants, and see a lot of people that I haven't seen in a long time. And great. Very, it was great. And warm. Really warm. Really, really warm. Oh, yeah, it was great. But really, it hasn't been too bad here in, uh, in New Hampshire. Actually, most of the country, I guess, experiencing just warmer temperatures in mm-hmm. general this winter. So It's a very thank, mild winter. Thank goodness for global warming. That's all i got to say to that. I hope it turns this into the new, uh, new Bermuda. So we're going to start things out here tonight with uh, New London, Connecticut. You know New London. That is the uh, place where the Kelo court decision came down last year, where the Supreme Court essentially decided that, well, you don't have property rights anymore. In fact, Mark, I know you've got something related to eminent domain. We're going to get to that. But first, from theday.com, that's a local newspaper there in New London, Fort Trumbull diehard Suzette Kelo, who, of course... uh, as in the Kilo versus New London court decision, mm-hmm. has sent out a heartfelt holiday greeting card to some 30 or so former and current members of the city council, as well as the New London Development Corporation, among others, wishing them, in essence, hell on earth for the rest of their lives. <laughs> the text, accompanying a sparkling, snowy image of Kilo's iconic pink house in the Fort Trumbull neighborhood, reads in its entirety, Here is my house that you did take. For me to you, this spell I make. Your houses, your homes, your family, your friends. May they live in misery that never ends. I curse you all. May you rot in hell. Good Lord. To each of you I send this spell. For the rest of your lives I wish you ill. I send this now by the power of will. Well, I don't think that she's really learned the power of forgiveness, but um, I can certainly understand where she's coming from. Who can blame her? Could Could you really forgive these bureaucrats for stealing... The one, uh, one of the most important assets in anybody's life, well, um, your home, something you've worked probably your whole life to live in. I'm not saying to forget what they've done because we ha- always have to keep in mind that uh, the, the, the power that they have corrupts them. But uh, the forgiveness helps her. It doesn't help them because if she hates them... So what? They got a little poem. They'll forget about it after they've read it. Uh, you know, you know, hour later they won't even think about it. They might uh, it might be brought up in conversation now or then. She carries the hate with her at all times. I see what you're saying, but wait till you get a re- uh, wait till you hear the responses from the bureaucrats because the newspaper went to some of the recipients and got their comments. Good. We're going to mm-hmm. get to that, but we've got Richard on the line in Australia on the amplifier line. Hello, Richard. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. G'day, guys. Look, just four quick ideas for Free Talk Live enhanced Christmas presents. One, if you're buying memory cards for somebody with an MP3 player, preload them with your favourite Free Talk Live podcasts. Good idea. <laughs> nice. Yeah, bulk buy some blank CDs and burn the podcasts onto the top CD. If you're giving someone a computer, then set the homepage to Free Talk Live and create a set of bookmarks under Freedom. Wow. And... Finally, if you want to have a present that you can pay off gradually for just three bucks a month for the rest of the year, subscribe someone to the AMP program. That is fantastic. Those, you've really been busy on those yeah, we ideas. We haven't thought of those things. <laughs> yes, yeah, well, there Richard. you are. So, look, have a, have a good Chrissy, 
and um, we'll speak to you in the new year. And, of course, uh, we are going to be doing a live Christmas show. Thanks for the call, Richard. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Of course, by the time we're doing our live Christmas Day show, it'll probably be the 26th where he's listening. Yeah. But nonetheless, uh, we will be here on Christmas Day uh, doing a live program. What is, of course, uh, that's, I guess, a Monday. So we don't have to do New Year's Eve or Christmas Eve shows this year because that would uh, those will be Sunday evenings. Well, good. So you get it easy this year, Mark. Yeah, well, I, finally. Now, last year you did get Christmas off. Because we did Christmas was... Eve and we did New Year's Eve, but we couldn't find anybody to work Christmas Day. So this year you have to work Christmas Day, but you get the other two off. So then, so anyway. I'd rather have Christmas Eve off than Christmas Day off. Back to New London, uh, Connecticut. We just read you the poem, the curse, essentially, that Suzette Kilo <laughs> wrote uh, to the New London Development Corporation members as well as the city council, essentially cursing them to rot in hell uh, for the rest of their lives. And she's obviously a little bit angry because these bureaucrats stole her property from her. So, the cards, conceived and produced by Kathleen Mitchell, a friend of Kilo and City Gadfly and bearing Kilo's name, were received Tuesday by NLDC members David Goebel, the agency's former executive director, George Milne and Reed Burdick, and by Alan Mayer and his wife, and they go on with the, the different you know, people that, that got it. I, I understand that, that she hates the, bureauc- the bureaucrats in New London most, mm-hmm. but, um, and I understand that this case affected her more than it did... The vast majority of Americans, 99.9 whatever percent of Americans. But as an American, it did affect me um, because they took away – when they took away her property rights, they took away mine too. They gave the um, city the ability to use um, property for the public good as opposed for the public use. And um, that changed the – you know, it just essentially ignored what the Constitution says and, you know, changed things. I hate the Supreme Court for what they did. As opposed That's true. To the they did set the precedent, or they allowed the precedent to be set. Well, Kilo said she was considering sending, and then they c- continue to list names of people she sent them to. She said, and then we get to the good part. She said she was considering sending cards to the U.S. Supreme Court justices who sided as a majority with the city and NLDC against the Fort Trumbull homeowners who bought, who fought the city's right to take the properties by eminent domain. The city's right, as though a city can have rights. Kilo, among six Fort Trumbull property owners who contested the city's and agency's right to seize their homes and businesses, was the lead plaintiff in the case. She ultimately accepted a settlement offer from the city totaling $442,155 for her house, more than three hundred. Too, too bad. I wonder how much she spent in court costs, though. More than $319,000 above the appraised value in the year 2000. So here are the responses from some of the bureaucrats, uh, elected officials, and even an executive from Pfizer. Quote, It's amazing anyone could be so vindictive when they've made so much money, said uh, one of the former supporters of the uh, development project. Well, it's just it's very interesting, the attitude of this person, uh, as though Suzette Kilo made a bankroll on this. Now, when we last looked at the case, they were charging her back rent. So they were going to pay her a little bit more than what her property was worth and then charge her back rent. Maybe they dropped that just to be nice. I don't know. Hard, hard to know. I mean, all this stuff is kept under wraps. but uh... You know, and maybe she did come away with $300,000 in profit after all of this. Even so, maybe she would have preferred to keep her house and stay where she was. That's not a factor to these individuals. Milne, a top former executive at uh, Pfizer, Incorporated, called the card immensely childish. Quote, It's sort of sad she elected to do this. We were trying to do things for the city. 
it was nothing personal. Screw him. You know, th- th- nothing it is, personal. It's absolutely personal when you take someone's house away. When you're involved in taking someone's house away, when you're the uh, benefiting party and you allow the city to, um, if on, for your benefit, take someone's house away. Yes, it's not childish to get upset. It's normal. Yep. That's what makes sense. This is where I live. This is where my mother and father lived. This is where my grandmother lived. Isn't that the case in her? Um, was was that her? There were some people who had had their houses uh, for generations. Generations. I thought that was her, but maybe 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 it was it was somebody else whose um, yep. you know house that they had personal. for generations. Every time that's personal. It's amazing that somebody could be so callous as to make a statement like that. And you know, I remember when we were first talking about this controversy back in 2005. That uh, we had mentioned that Pfizer was involved, that they were taking these properties so they could build offices for Pfizer. And I remember there was a press release that came out from Pfizer backing away from this, saying, "Whoa, we don't have anything to do with this. We don't know what's we we're not involved in this, but it's clear they are. Yes, and it's clear they were, and it's clear that they're very very pleased with what has happened." Burdick says he put the card on his mantle with all his other Christmas greetings. <laughs> Quote, I think the uh, poor woman has gone around the bend, he said. Now, th- th- this is a different person. I don't even, I'm not keeping track of who's who and who belongs. These are just, it's either a uh, executive of the New London Development Corporation or an elected bureaucrat or someone from Pfizer. Anyway, I think the poor woman's gone around the bend, he said. I haven't got any mail from her in years. I still feel bad for Suzette. The sorry part of this is uh, that the things she's angry about were not done to be mean-spirited toward her personally. No, they just wanted her house. It's easy to feel bad for her when you're sitting in your warm living room. I wonder if they would have felt the same if they took her kidney. 800-259-9231. Hey, as long as it's for the good of the community, right, Mark? Well, as long as it's for everybody can benefit. 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the Packet 8 toll-free line for you. And you can bring up anything, 1-800-259-9231. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com where all the features are totally free. And that does include archives, an entire year's worth of the show right there, front page of the website for your downloading convenience. In fact, we're a little late this month, but we did finally get the uh, November torrent online, thanks to one of our bulletin board users, uh, Error, who set that up for us. So big thanks to him. So now you can go and grab up the entire month of November, all of the archives, all at once via the uh, the torrent link there at freetalklive.com. And again, it's all for free. Plus, Free Talk Live is brought to you by the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, coming this February 23rd through the 25th. Meet libertarian superstars like John Stossel, Michael Badnarik, and many more. The most influential libertarians in America will be there. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum for more information and to get registered. That's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. I really can't wait for that. We're, I, I was talking with Wayne and uh, Gardner last night, mm-hmm. and everybody is excited about yeah. it. I mean, we're all really looking forward to it. I hope we actually do get to see John Stossel. You know, he's going to be speaking during our um, broadcast, so when. Chances are good we shan't be seeing him then. I don't know uh, how it's going to work out, but I'm going to ask the organizer if we can somehow steal him away for, you know, five or ten minutes or something like that. Maybe after his speech, maybe we can get him to come over to the Free Talk Live booth or something like that and, and come on the air Make sure he cuts a liner, Ian. Make sure he says, this is John Stossel and yeah. you're listening to Free Talk Live. That'd be cool. All right, so back to uh, the Kilo 
Christmas card. Suzette Kilo from the Kilo versus New London uh, tragic court decision from 2005 has uh, given up her home as the rest of the uh, the Kilo 7 have uh, finally done. The city of New London has vanquished freedom entirely. And I guess she's still a little bit bitter about it. So she <laughs> I'd say so. She sent along a a curse, a hex, if you will, a spell in the form of a Christmas card. And some of the responses from the executives at Pfizer who are benefiting from the uh, the eminent domain taking down in New London to let's see some of the elected bureaucrats, former elected bureaucrats, executives at the New London Development Corporation, which is the front group it's the uh, front private corporation that the city is shuffling the pri- uh, the properties over to to get ready for uh, Pfizer and other companies that will take uh, take control of them. And essentially, these people are saying, "quote We were trying to do things for the city. It was nothing personal." Another person says, "They weren't trying to do anything for the city. They were trying to do something to enrich themselves." The uh, another person says, "I still feel bad for Suzette. The sorry part of this is that she's ang- the things she's angry about were done not to be mean spirited toward her personally." Well, what about Lauren Canario? Were uh, was she arrested? Uh, our friend Lauren, who was arrested on uh, the front porch of one of these homes in New London, while she was there with the uh, the homeowner's permission, was that done uh, personally? Was that done mean spirited? No, it's not personal. She just has to sit in jail for a year for nothing. To Glover, a former mayor, the card's rendering of the Kilo House was cute, but the curse didn't cut it. Quote, being a Christian, I don't believe in curses, she said. It was really childish. I don't think Suzette Kilo believed in curses and black magic. If she did, she would have tried it on the Supreme Court. Ha ha ha. That's uh, funny. I hope that she's right about that Christian thing, because I want to see her go to hell. Goble, the former NLDC executive director, said, children will be children. But Goebel was the only recipient thus far to suggest that the card might not be from Suzette Kilo. He says, quote, You shouldn't take the signature at the bottom as that of the one who sent it. It's not something Suzette would have done, in my view. It's unfortunate children have to do this. Of course, it was Suzette Kilo, because the newspaper asked her. He didn't speculate on who else might have been behind the mailing. Kilo said the card was her idea. Quote, I'm very upset with what these people did to me, said Kilo, who works for the city of New London, Wow, she works for them as a nurse dealing with lead paint and lead poisoning cases. Wow, you'd think that. I mean, well, they're, they're, you'd think she'd get the heck they, out of there when they want what they want. They don't see it that way, Ian. They don't see it that way. People don't look at it that way. That's it's the, the government is the problem in right. general. I mean, you know, my wife was working for the state of Florida, and we had a problem with the tax collector in Sarasota County, and she was just as livid as she could be because it affected her personally. This is all, uh, she, uh, Suzette says, quote, this could all have been solved and ended many years ago. They didn't have to do what they did to us, and I'll never forget. These people can think what they want of me. I will never, ever forget what they did. But you're still living there? Get out. I mean, it's just a job. If you're a nurse, you can go and work in all kinds of different places. Yeah. 800-259-9231. Yeah, I'd get the heck out of that city. Take my talents elsewhere. You take control of the airwaves. Other eminent domain news, Mark. What's going on? Well, um, this is uh, – it, it, it looks like there's going to be another case come before the Supreme Court. Now, this is a blog post, um, so it's not a recognized news source, but I thought it was really good, so I thought I'd read it anyway. Entitled, Heads We Win, Tails You Lose. From Alex, it's amazing that people <laughs> – <laughs> what people will tolerate. 
Even so, I was surprised by the number of prominent bloggers who failed to see anything especially egregious about the most infamous Kilo versus New London case. You'll recall that it was involved um, the eviction of long-standing tenants from their now blighted neighborhood tenants not being the right term owners from their houses so a town so the town could hand the property over to a private development um, for Pfizer the supreme court ruled this is fine by them even though to Lehman's eyes admittedly the case seemed to permit the expropriation of any property anywhere well the court will have a chance to partially redeem itself next month when they consider uh Biden 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 versus Port Chester remarkably this case may be even more egregious than Kilo Oh, boy. Now, here's the the history of it. Bart Bidden, I'm going to go with Bidden. That's how I would sound it out. Bidden owns property in Port Chester. Are there two Ds? Yes. Okay. Bidden. uh, Like Glidden, the paint. Yes. A small town in uh, Westchester County, New York. He wanted to build a CVS on the site, um, his property, that is now part uh, part of the village's redevelopment zone. Port Chester said, no, you can't do that, since Port Chester's chosen developer wanted to put a Walgreens in Bidden's land. Oh, my. Um, GNS, the develop, that's the developer in question, um, had a novel solution to the problem. They approached Bidden and said that it, um, anyone, everyone could be friends and um, he could have his beloved CVS if, but only if, he handed over 800000 to GNS um, Corporation. $800,000 to build what he, um, to uh, let somebody build what, let they, me see what if he I, wants on his land. Let me see if I follow the situation. You've got a development zone. Right, redevelopment which, zone. Includes his property, right? And because it's a redevelopment zone, that means the city. Ha- uh, well, of course, the city usually has total control over who can and can't build things in general. But so the city has total control over what goes in and and uh, what's happening in this particular zone. Right. They care a little more than usual. Right. And so um, he wants to make a change on his property. Right. I presume it's empty at this point, just a flat land or something like that. That's to the be presumption developed. I have to. And uh, so he wants to. CBS has approached him, made him an offer, and he's gone. He says, "Yes, I want this offer. I want to take this offer and allow One you guys to build." One would assume either that or he has to, he's going to build a CVS and hope they buy it. But some developer wants to build a Walgreens in the same zone, or some developer wants to build a Walgreens on the same property. On his property. They want. They have decided his property should go. I'm sure they have a contract with Walgreens. Okay. Walgreens says we were going to we want this, and and uh, they've all made their little plans and everything. They don't want to draw new lines on new maps, so uh, you know that's that's what's going to happen. So there. this development zone is it a zone where they're taking everyone's property already, or how is it that Walgreens could have a contract to build on this zone, or excuse me, on this particular piece of property? They have it's... a contract with um, with the developer. Um, you know, because the developer's in charge. And apparently, the developer gets to say whatever goes wherever. Even though it's not the developer's property. Correct. I'll All right. Sh- I'll, There's I'll... more to this. Yeah, oh well, yeah. More on the way. 800-259-9231. Your thoughts on eminent domain. I, I don't suppose anybody listening is for it. I can't imagine that would be the case. But if so, we definitely want to hear from you. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That is the packet 8 toll-free line. 
for you. 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. is a place to go. we got all kinds of features there. They're totally free, including the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. See what I mean by going to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. We're talking to Eminent Domain. It's in the news again. According to a, a blog post, there's a case that may be hitting the Supreme Court, Mark. Yeah, I know. Oh, you want me to continue reading? Yeah, well, let's <laughs> recap. Because uh, I sort of had trouble understanding what was going on here. Can you just recap the situation? Essentially, um, there's a town, Port Chester. There's a, a man, uh, Bart Biden. And there's a development company, G, um, GNS Development. And Bart owns property. Bart owns property in the redevelopment zone in the town, Port Chester, that has designated um, the company, GNS Redevelopment, or GNS Development, to redevelop the redevelopment zone. Okay. So they apparently have a great deal of power, um, GNS, as to what goes on in this the particular area. Um, Got it. You know, wh- whatever the count- county decides a redevelopment zone is, is a redevelopment zone. There's no um, designation as to what a redevelopment zone is. Got um, it. They could just call it anything. So, and we're um, not sure how big the zone is. No. Okay. It, it, it's probably, it, it sounds like it's a downtown area, just my guess. All right. It must not be the greatest area in the world. GNS um, wants to put a Walgreens on Biden's land and uh, Biden's land, and uh, Biden wants to put a CVS on his own land. Well, um, in order to uh, to kind of uh, do some negotiations here, GNS said uh, they would be willing to allow him to do his CVS if they get, if he handed over eight hundred thousand dollars to them to build what he wants on his own land. Or alternatively, and um, to be fair, they could give. Um, they would give him a choice, and he could simply sign away 50% of the value of the CD- CVS development. So half of the value of the development. Basically, so for whatever CVS is paying him, basically, is the idea? Yeah, you know, I think that they probably have decided, just a guess, that the guy is going to make $1.6 million off the deal, mm-hmm. and they want 800000 Got it. And they're just in charge of this entire development zone. Why not just take his property? I mean, use eminent domain. Go in there and just take it from him. That's what that that seems to be the answer these days. Why isn't why aren't they doing that? They are. Oh, okay. <laughs> the kicker, of course, was that uh, Bitten declined to pony up um, the money to GNS, and he would have his land condemned and seized by the town under eminent domain. Would you believe that if he declined? If he declined. Okay. Would you believe that the day after Bitten declined GNS's offer, he found that his land had indeed been condemned and taken away from him? Oh my gosh! Fancy that. That fast, huh? Yep. There's more information on this at uh, the Institute of Justice website. But, uh, oh, boy. Uh, Phil Reisman is a columnist for the uh, Journal News. He's also doing a little bit of uh, work on this, and he's uh, for the side of the good guys, apparently, according to the blogger. Um, and a uh, quote from his article is, The village and its uh, zeal to expand its tax base for the public's supposed benefit unleashed a ruthless fury of intimidation, harassment, and other tactics that would make the godfather blush. The worst part is... How the court system has worked hand in glove with this unholy partnership to take from many to give to few. I've talked about this Faustian deal in other columns. I've written about people, mostly um, rent-paying merchants, getting frightened and ripped off and then settling for whatever pennies they could before picking up and moving on. What public benefit, one might ask, can possibly come from destroying a citizen's faith that government draws its authority from we the people? Hmm. Looks like, uh, and and supposedly the the Supreme Court's going to be hearing this, and I sincerely hope that they fall on the uh, the the side of property rights. But well, no precedent indication. says they probably won't. No, I don't suspect they will. 
Wow. Uh, so this guy is at this point he's lost his property, and so because he didn't take the deal, the deal where right. he would get to lose half his everything. profits, uh, they took it all. Yeah, they tried to take. Well, you know, taking it and taking it is two different things. I mean, they've taken it on paper. Um, he could go put a trailer and live on it, um, and go ahead and try to take it, that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, they've taken. And it they on paper. would. Yeah. Uh, They'd they, send the cops out. Yeah, they they, they and the cops out. don't care. The cops they're not having their property taken. They'll do what they got to do. Yep, they'll uh, follow whatever orders they need to follow and uh, kick him out of his trailer and kick him off of his property and then they'll probably throw him in jail. At the, you know, since he's uh, basically he'd be a trespasser at that point right, in it's the, their the law's mind, which is what happened with Lauren Canario. The law thought that the property she was sitting on the front porch of was theirs, so they went ahead and arrested her. But if that's and even de- that's even debatable. The, the 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 property was in fact her, theirs at that point because it hadn't actually fully transferred over to them. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't even on their property. It's just it's just disgusting. And uh, what's going to happen with all this? I mean, it just keeps getting worse. They keep getting more uh, precedent set in the courts that we're, allows we're these all things just to happen. Subjects. That's what it's right. going to happen. We are subjects. It's it's crystal clear to you and I, Mark. But what's it going to take to get America? To wake up to this fact. I don't know. It's. It, I mean, the, the outrage was really there after the uh, Suzette Kilo decision. It was there, the polls. I mean, I remember seeing polls over 90% of Americans were outraged by the Supreme Court decision. I know that even in uh, conservative uh, talk radio, and in fact virtually all talk radio, was on the side of, the, uh, on the side of Kilo and the defendants in that case. But they don't case. care. They're not bringing this up. Right. Well, this isn't. I mean, it, the there was a lot of fervor after the Kilo decision, and like every other news item in America, every other big news item that should be focused on and refocused on, it just slides away from us, us as a country. Not you and I, Mark. We right. haven't forgotten, and our listeners haven't forgotten either. But it just it just drifts off, and Americans get distracted with the uh, you know Britney Spears showing her coochie. Good heavens. Yeah, I mean, these Didn't are the... she have some kind of strip video that I've been hearing that there's that she's stripped in front of some video camera. Really, and... I don't know. This is news to me. I, 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 it, it didn't exactly capture my interest, but uh, when you mention her, that that's something I saw. But I mean, if you look at, uh, for instance, if you look at abcnews.com and their most popular stories, shocking revelations of Princess Diana's love life. Britney Spears flashes privates, gets press, sexiest woman alive. Teen gets 10 years in prison for oral sex with girl, which is actually a story we covered, and it actually is a, a pretty outrageous story. But uh, Borat is in the uh, top 10. Which, of your fa- which is your favorite Internet download of 2006? These are the most popular stories from abcnews.com in 2006. Eek. Nothing in there. Uh, remember the Oscars, another story. <laughs> this is what Americans are concerned with. So even when an outrage like an eminent domain taking comes in front of their purview, if they take the time to read it and understand it, they'll get outraged. They'll get angry about it. Right, but they they don't know what to do. I mean, if they think to do anything, it's to call their representative and complain about it. Representative so-and-so, this is an outrage, and I demand you do something. Well, yes, we'll look into your, uh, thank you for your opinions, we'll look into doing something about it. Okay, thanks. I'm going back to my uh, survivor. Click. I mean, what else? What else do Americans know how to do? They don't know how to take to the streets. They don't know how to protest. They don't know how to um, in- engage in civil disobedience. They don't know there are third parties out there. 
I mean, this is just a dismal, sad situation that we have in this country. We are a country of defeated serfs. Cheap sheep. Yeah. Cheap sheep. And it's really sick. And your thoughts at 800-259-9231. What do you think should be done about this? Is it possible to roust Americans from their uh, pleasant slumber that they're in? From this distraction, this c- mode of constant distraction by things like uh, pop culture and sports. Can't forget sports. Yeah. Because that's really important. You know, it's really important which team wins the Super Bowl this year. Guy pop culture. There. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what can be done? That's my question for you. If you have an answer at 800-259-9231. Of course, my stock answer is the Free State Project. And, I, you know, the, the further we go down this path towards tyranny in this country, the more crystal clear it becomes that the Free State Project really is the only option. Now, I understand there are some libertarian movements uh, around the country. I know the Indiana group's fairly strong, that they're gaining a little bit of momentum, but it's still not very much. I really think that the only way that we can ever have a shot at liberty in our lifetime is to get together in one place, that is New Hampshire. How else would it possibly work? How else? Make it happen. Get our people involved. Cut back the size of government. And then tout the results across the nation, across the country, and show them that liberty works. And if that doesn't get them on our side, if that doesn't activate Americans, they're lost. At least we'll live in a freer state. Yep, more's on the way. You take control of the airwaves. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the packet 8 toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there. They're completely free, and that includes everything, like the bulletin board system, updates, live streaming, archives, and more. We do ask that you voluntarily support the show, and one of the ways you can do it is to help dig Free Talk Live. Now, this is something new, Mark. Yeah. Uh, you go to dig.freetalklive.com. Okay, it's D-I-G-G. Yeah, I probably should set up a D-I-G just in case people get confused. But it's D-I-G-G, dig.freetalklive.com. Anyway, there's this website called dig.com that's really, it's very popular. And uh, they've added podcasts to their website as of the last two days. And so we are now listed on dig.com's podcast list. But the way it works is you have to go there and dig up the uh, th- the podcast you like, which, of course, is Free Talk Live. And the more digs we get, the higher we are going to uh, show up on the Dig podcast ranking chart. Now, Dig's a darn big website that a lot of people go to. Oh, yeah. So um, they're going to be – it's it's going to be probably nearly as important as Podcast Alley, I would think, um, if I not think more so, important. too. And it's cumulative. It's not like Podcast Alley where it's a once-a-month sort of a thing. Uh, for instance, the number one show is, of course, Dignation, which is obviously their own podcast, and they've got something like 6,000 digs. Uh, we're probably not even going to come close to that, but if we can get 1,000 digs, then we can be on the front page. We can be in, like, the top 20 podcasts on their site. Mm-hmm. So we've got a little bit of a late start on this, but nonetheless, uh, since it's cumulative, we definitely we still need your help early and uh, we're going to need your help and other people that you know. So diggdig.freetalklive.com. You will need to create a dig account in order to dig up Free Talk Live. So there you go. That's a great, easy, simple way to help out Free Talk Live. So we're talking about the uh, the eminent domain case in uh, wherever it was where this guy was having his 
It really does it even matter where the eminent domain mm-hmm. case is happening. It could be in your town, and it could be your property. You cannot just sit back and think, oh, well, it's happening to him. He's just somebody who wanted to make a lot of money off of uh, you know, his property. His property. Right. Uh, it's not going to happen to me. I'm here in my neighborhood. We're safe. It's no problem. I don't have to be I, concerned with this eminent domain look, thing. Look, if they can take your land to do what they want with it for the public's benefit... How much farther is it that they can take your kidney or take your child for the public's benefit? I mean, how much land? It's land. It's mine. I mean, this is this is um, to me. It's I mean, it's the closest land is something you work so hard for. It's your biggest, most valuable possession. Mm -hmm. And the government can take it from you. Yep. Did it actually say how much this guy was given? For his land? It was condemned. Condemned. It was condemned and taken away. So wait, when they condemn it, you don't actually get money in the, via the eminent domain process? Because normally when it's eminent domain, it's outrageous enough that they're taking somebody's land, but they, they try to lube them up a little bit by giving giving them some cash. Well, um... <laughs> Didn't make it clear? It, it doesn't make that clear, and um, nor does it seem to uh, do that on the uh, uh, Institute for Justice site either. Mm. The only thing it says is that essentially um, they took it. Um, what Portchester condemned Biden's property through eminent domain so that it could hand it over to the developer who made the threat. Um, the apathy of the American people towards an issue like this is really it really bums me out, Mark. When I when you see people get a little bit outraged and then it just sort of dissipates and you don't ever hear anything from anyone else about it again except when Free Talk Live brings it up or maybe John Stossel or somebody like that. The outrage just dissipates, and everybody goes back to their uh, their American Idol and Britney Spears. It just it doesn't make me feel good for the future of this country, even with the Free State Project. I mean, it, it's going to be easy for them to marginalize. Uh, oh, those crazy loons in New Hampshire, you know? Oh, who cares what they're doing? We're doing things differently down here in but Florida. I, I I understand I understand that. I don't care about the rest of the country if I can get. If I could get 2,000, not 20,000, if I could get 2,000 people, um, liberty-minded people, to move to mm-hmm. New Hampshire, I don't care what the rest of the country does. I would like to see America return to the values of freedom and liberty, but I don't care if they do. All I care is that if the um, state of New Hampshire does. I agree with I mean, that. You, you, then, then you take your – then you happen to – you know, there's plenty of room here. It's – Rural as it could possibly be. There's lots of land. People can move in. There's all kinds of room for anybody who wants to come. Sure. And if you don't want it, screw you. Stay out there. I don't care. And that way you know when you cross that state line, you're in no man's land. I guess I just maybe I'm a little concerned for if we get back to more freedom, when rather we get back to more freedom in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, what's going to happen, for instance, uh, at the federal level? I mean, this has obviously been a concern. Some people believe they're going to roll tanks in. I don't think that's going to happen. But you could imagine that some of the states are going to get a little upset once we start nullifying federal law. Once we essentially, let's say that New Hampshire really goes crazy and uh, essentially says, proclaims that all individuals within the state of New Hampshire no longer have to pay uh, federal income tax. And in fact, the, uh, the New Hampshire state police will protect you should the federal agents come in and come a knocking looking for your income tax. I mean, you could imagine that some of the other states are going to get a little bit outraged by that, that they're going to get angry about it. Why would, they be, why would the other states be uh, angry? I don't know. Maybe, um, maybe if they're still sending money to New Hampshire, though I suppose that would be cut off fairly quickly. Oh, I'm sure. I'm so, very sure. 
I don't know. I just feel like uh, it's going to be an interesting situation. Whatever comes of uh, of all of this free state stuff here in New Hampshire and the remainder of the country's response to it should be very intriguing. Will they look at us with an open mind? Will they take what are, what we're saying, the claims that we're making? You know that when we get back to liberty, we're going to have the best educa- uh, the best educated kids. We're going to have the lowest crime rate. Of course, it's already tremendously low here because of gun freedom. It really is tremendously low. Uh, I don't lock anything. And and people have got guns everywhere. I mean, we're, we just went over to a friend's house recently, and there's a gun sitting out on the coffee table. I mean, they're everywhere. So we're going to have but the best. Keeps, you know, I'm, they're dangerous, but, man, they keep you free. Right. They keep burglars away, believe it or not. I believe it. Uh, th- but we're going to have the best everything, and we're going to point to it. And the question is, will Americans even listen? Will they be so in, uh, engrossed in whatever new reality television show is out at that time that they won't even know what's going on in New Hampshire? Over time, you know, in, inside of a couple few years as, as things change, yeah, there's going to have to be. There has to be news stories on it, and as news stories pick up, they pick up and they pick up because um, news – uh, news organizations are lazy. You know, one reporter looks at another reporter's work, looks at another that's reporter's true. work. That's true. And that's how these things snowball. And, uh, yeah, absolutely, Americans will find out. I guess it's just a matter of me just just watching Americans' responses, or le- rather lack thereof, uh, to stories like this. Well, and they, getting it just hasn't really gotten very far. Out. You know, now it's at the Supreme Court, so it's national news. All right, 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Uh, well, here's a topic that most Americans pay attention to when it comes up. How about sex? Premarital sex. According to the AP, more than 9 out of 10 Americans, men and women alike, have had premarital sex, according to a new study. The high rates extend even to women born in the 1940s, challenging perceptions that people were more chaste in the past. This is a reality check research, says the study's author, Lawrence Feiner, quote, Premarital sex is normal behavior for the vast majority of Americans and has been for decades. And this actually confirms what I've sort of always believed. I sort of, not that I lived during the 1950s, right. but I sort of, I sort of felt like there was plenty of sex going on. It was just that everyone was really quiet about it. Oh, I'm, I'm not exact. I don't think that there was as much sex going on. But what you are failing to look at here is, um, you know, suppose a woman didn't have uh, premarital sex up until her 20th birthday, got married, mm-hmm. stayed married to a guy for 25 years, they uh, had their kids and decided, you know, that. This marriage thing just wasn't working out, and they were going to go their separate ways. She gets back on the dating market, decides um, you know, she likes this guy, has sex with him, and then they get married a year later. Then she's had premarital sex. Do you understand? You're saying she would only have sex with him once? Well, uh, however many times. It doesn't matter. What I'm saying is she's had premarital sex after her first marriage. Huh. I wonder if this study took that into account. Of course it did. Well, Feiner is a research director at Guttmacher Institute, a private New York-based think tank that studies sexual and reproductive issues and which disagrees with government-funded programs that rely primarily on abstinence-only teachings. The study, released Tuesday, appears in the new issue of Public Health Reports. Examining how sexual behavior before marriage has changed over time, the study was based on interviews conducted with more than 38,000 people, about 33,000 of them women, in 1982, 1988, 1995, and 2002 for the Federal National Survey of Family Growth. According to Finer's analysis, 99% of the respondents had had sex by age 44, and 95% had done so before marriage. Even among a subgroup of those who had abstained from sex until at least age 20, four-fifths of them had had premarital sex by age 44, the study found. 
Feiner said, The likelihood of Americans having sex before marriage has remained stable since the 1950s, though people now wait longer to get married and thus are sexually active as singles for extensive periods. We'll look into this uh, study here a little bit more and your thoughts about it as well at 800-259-9231. Is there a, uh, a large undercurrent of sex going on in America that nobody wants to talk about? Sounds like it. This is your show. You take control of the airwaves. Hour 2 is on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off Hour 2, Wednesday edition, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so do enjoy those. They're on us. FreeTalkLive.com. If you have a child in your life, be they son, daughter, or sibling, give them financial literacy for Christmas. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. It's a great stocking stuffer, and it'll be shipped to you by Christmas. Check out A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich at AKidsJourney.com. That's AKidsJourney.com. Well, last hour, we started talking about a uh, study that has been done by the National Survey... uh, Actually, excuse me, it's the New York-based Guttmacher Institute... It's a private think tank that studies sexual and reproductive issues and disagrees with government-funded programs that rely primarily on abstinence-only teachings. And I disagree with abstinence-only teachings as well. In fact, according to some of the studies that we've seen, uh, that we've talked about at least on this show, the abstinence programs result in abject failure. They, they do seem to. They tell kids, okay, kids, don't have sex until marriage. But kids go ahead and have sex before marriage anyway. And since all their teaching... And they get pregnant because because they didn't learn how to um, use... They they didn't learn anything. They weren't weren't taught about... They're not taught anything. prophylactics, you know, whatever. Right. In the abstinence-only programs, all they're taught is that sex is bad and you could get diseases from having sex, which is true. You could get diseases, but it's not bad. They tell kids sex is bad uh, and it's only good when you're married, so don't have sex, uh, sex until you get married, kids. And, of course, it's just like telling kids not to do drugs or not to drink. They're going to go out and have sex. Some are. And it's more dangerous for them because they don't understand the safe way to have sex. Anyway, back to the study. 95% of respondents had had sex by the age of 44 and had done so before marriage. Even among the subgroup of those who abstained from sex until at least age 20... Four-fifths of them had premarital sex by age 44. So those teenagers that managed to stay pure all the way through their teenage years, Mm -hmm. even they broke their abstinence pledge, and they had sex before marriage. You know, I think that uh, the the, the proponents of abstinence, and and this is just speculation, totally speculation on my part, and it has something to do with preserving our youth, uh, preserving our young people. Their purity. And their purity and all that nonsense. Um. As though, you know, people are good people because they don't have sex, That's or they're absurd. bad people because they do have sex. That does, it is absurd. It's yes. absolutely absurd. But, because um, Jesus didn't like sex. Wouldn't you think that uh, the <laughs> that uh, the abstinence person would care mostly as to whether or not they had sex before their first marriage and not after? Like for instance, you if, would think, yeah, like that was that's where it is. Now, now you've had sex, you're ruined. You're mm-hmm. a you're a full knowing adult. You've eaten from the tree of the knowledge of, foot, of good and evil, and you know people, it feels good. 
And, uh, you know, why give it up? (laughs) So I I just don't know. I I just I it doesn't make that much sense. Also, in, in backing up what you're saying about people who married once. Sex during marriage, divorced, continue having sex, maybe get married again. Someone else. Right. Those people also could rationalize it uh, to themselves, and rightly so, by saying, well, I didn't have sex before I married Jim, and we found out that after we got married, sex between us didn't work. Because this is one of the problems that uh, comes up as a result of abstinence. This is the, this was the problem in my mom and dad's marriage. Really? Uh, that was it, It's re- revealed to me by my father. I don't know. I mean, obviously, my mom didn't tell me anything. Or mm-hmm. not obviously, but she didn't tell me anything about it. I, what do I know? I, I, I think it was kind of inappropriate it to just be told. Didn't work. Um, is it, you know... Not compatible. Yeah, it, it wasn't... It, they weren't happy about it. Too big, it. too small, something like that. Parts like that, yeah. Yeah. And that's something that's really wrong with abstinence, because if you don't have sex before marriage, and then the first time you're having sex is when is fooling around trying to figure the sex thing out on your honeymoon, and then you discover that it's just not you're just not compatible with the other person. And if you don't now have you're a, married, right? Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a good sex life, I can't imagine that that's going to lead to a very satisfying and happy marriage. So inevitably, you're going to get divorced, and you're going to get out of that marriage, and you're going to resolve to yourself, okay. Well, I know what I did wrong, and that was I was abstinent. And so, of course, you're going to go and have sex before your next marriage. It's the only sensible thing to do. And I think it's nuts to not have sex before marriage, personally. How do you feel about that? 800-259-9231. Well, the author of the study, Mr. Feiner, said that the likelihood of Americans having sex before marriage has remained stable since the 1950s, though people now wait longer to get married and thus are sexually active as singles for extensive periods. The study found women virtually as likely as men to engage in premarital sex. Well, the men are having sex with someone. <laughs> True. But then I guess some people seem to think that women are more prudish about that sort of thing. I guess not. Um, well, women bear uh, more of the responsibilities of sex than men do. Um, men get away with more. Women are more likely to have uh, to they- get... To get a social disease from sex than men are, and they're also ones who approve it. I mean, if they don't say yay, right? Then, uh, women, women hold happening. the keys to the sex machine. Sorry, guys, that's just the way that is. Um, women also have to worry about uh, becoming pregnant. So you know, they. It seems like most of the responsibilities um, fall on the women. Women uh, also were more or as likely as men to engage in premarital sex, even when they were born decades ago. Amongst uh, amongst women born between 1950 and 1978. At least 91% had had premarital sex by age 30, while those born in the 1940s, 88% had done so by age 44. I mean, these are pretty, these are almost statistically insignificant changes. Uh, the data clearly shows that the majority of older teens and adults have already had sex before marriage, which calls into question the federal government's funding of abstinence only until marriage programs for 12 to 29 year olds. Yes, I don't know right. why they would be doing that anyway. What, funding the abstinence programs? Right. Well, why because it creates jobs. <laughs> yes, that's you're right. There's well, because there's somebody in office with an agenda to push mm-hmm. and a religious uh, bent to foist on everyone, and that's what's going on here. He's using it as an excuse. He, meaning George Bush or whoever it is that's behind this. I know he signed the bill, and he certainly supports it. Under the Bush administration, such programs have received hundreds of millions of dollars in federal funding. In fact, uh, it would be more effective, says Feiner, to provide young people with the skills and information that they need to be safe once they become sexually active, which nearly everyone eventually will. So this is like what we talk about with uh, the war on drugs here on Free Talk Live. People get sometimes they get upset that Free Talk Live talks about drug use. Well, it's because we're not stupid. 
we've done the drugs. We know people who've done the drugs. We know that people, whether or not they say they will, whatever they say when they're 12 years old. I remember, I think when I was younger, they had me sign some sort of drug-free swearing to uh, not do drugs on a piece of paper. Not very effective. (laughs) Right. It doesn't matter what you sign when you're 12 years old. The fact is, people are going to do drugs, and the fact is, way more people are going to have sex. So we need to accept that, and we need to understand it, and we need to reduce the amount of harm that can come from people having sex. We need to be honest about it. There is a lot of harm that can come from it. I mean, if if you're a young guy, and you go out there and knock some girl up, man, you're in big trouble for a long time. You know, the, all the money you make is just going away. You're mm-hmm. gonna you're gonna lose a lot of Good money. Chunk of it. Every, I don't know every what week. it is. I would assume it's something like twenty five percent of your paycheck I would think. is gone. It'll be significant. And if you don't pay it, then you're in real big trouble because uh, then they'll come garner your wages and all kinds of other stuff. You can end up in STDs. jail. They can take they can take away your uh, driver's license for this yeah. stuff. So we need to really address the issue of sex head on in this country. And there's a lot of uh, angles that are just never approached. I think a lot of parents leave it up to the government to handle this, and that's a big mistake on its own. Of course, the government's the government sexual education curriculum is uh, questionable at best, but parents are really – you ought to be embarrassed if you're a parent and you haven't had a, a, a chat with your kids, an honest talk with your kids about sex. Please, take these numbers and internalize them now. Ninety-five percent of Americans have sex before marriage. Translation, your kids are going to have sex before they get married. So you either be honest with them and talk with them about sex and prepare them for what they're going to be experiencing, or get ready for them to pop out some kids at age 19 or, you know, 13. What have you you done to prepare them for this? Well, let's, let's see what Wade Horn has to say from the Department of Health and Human Services, the Assistant Secretary. For children and families, he is defending the abstinence-only approach for teenagers. Of course, they're paying his paycheck to do this. One of its values is to help young people delay the onset of sexual activity. The longer one delays, the fewer lifetime sex partners they have, and the less the risk of contracting a sexually transmitted disease. What do you think of this guy, Wade Horn? 800-259-9231. And is is what he's saying right? It's coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231, the Packet 8 toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The bulletin board system awaits you. Over 140,000 posts, over 1,300 people interacting, all for free. bbs.freetalklive.com will get you to it. That is BBS. FreeTalkLive.com and FreeTalkLive is brought to you by the Free State Project's First 1,000 Pledge. Are you just going to talk about freedom or are you going to start living it now? Learn how the First 1,000 Pledge can make it happen today at FreeStateProject.org. That is FreeStateProject.org. Mark, we're going to have to get back to this sex topic because I just discovered during the break that we've had a major communication breakdown between us and our network studios. So we've had people holding on, like apparently through the last hour, and we didn't know it. So... Please accept our apologies as we go to Mark in Vegas. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Mark. Hello. Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind? You guys can hear me? We got you. Ready to check over? <laughs> go I'm ahead, sir. In? Okay. All right, good. Hoorah. Uh, 
Yeah, so, yeah, you were talking about uh, the kilo decision, actually, when I called in, but, and then, man, and then I started falling asleep almost. I almost forgot what I was going to say, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, some, uh, some transmission uh, problems here, but, uh, uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to, I guess, weigh in on, actually, uh, not only does the, 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 the kilo decision disturb me, but I tell you, the reaction of a lot of Americans. I, I think it shows that a lot of Americans are cognitively deficient. I'm not even talking about uh, the the Americans uh, who see nothing wrong. Even so the, the reaction amongst those who uh, were opposed to the decision, it's like they have no understanding truly of what property rights are. And some of their arguments, uh, you know, imply that so long as the government was certain is certain to quote unquote justly compensate uh, people. Uh, with enough uh, uh, money, mm-hmm. uh, and as long as it's for uh, a quote-unquote legitimate purpose, say a government facility such as a prison, <clears throat> rather than say something that's maybe more beneficial like a resort, then all of a sudden it's okay. And, well, yeah, they've uh, been, they've been uh, over the years, they've been uh, acclimated to this, the process of eminent domain, for the common good, yeah, and, or they take it for a park And if or something for seems like a good idea to enough people, then fine. It's okay if you take yeah, that guy's yeah, property. Yeah, and, and now my, my, not only that, the idea that the government can justly compensate anybody is uh, that, 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 I think, flows from the idea that the government is somehow a philanthropic organization, that when a politician spends money, it's their money that, that they're spending. Of course, that, that can be further from the truth, but you know, I'd like to point out that as soon as the government laid and imposed a, a uh, compulsory tax, we have not had property rights ever since. And this is what I'm getting at right That's here. This true. is, I guess, the heart of what I called in. Not only are dollars physical pieces of property themselves, but it's through the acquisition of dollars that one achieves a command over property. And so there's no objective difference between the government taking you know, your cow or your house or taking your money so you can't buy the cow or the house. Right, or taking uh, 10% with. of your money. And it's not, it doesn't right. matter if they take it all or they take a percentage. They're still stealing your property, and that's what you Property, you're right. It, when they take our money, they're taking our property. And if we took this whole idea to its own logical conclusion, suppose the government decided it wanted to take everybody's house in, in a given jurisdiction. Uh, and That's and, what they did uh, in New London. Yeah, and, and where's the money coming from? You know, themselves. Everybody, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everybody. So everybody's going to be paying themselves for their own house. And by the way, for they, it to be just, you mentioned the term just compensation. For it to, for any sort of transaction to be considered just, it has to be entered voluntarily by both parties. And in, a, in an eminent domain transaction, it's not voluntary. And it's not voluntary just because the person says, all right, fine, and they throw up their hands and they take the money. It's not voluntary because they were coerced into it. Mm-hmm. It was either they take the money or they get their house taken and they get, they get nothing. And, so it's by not the way, a just wanna, compensation. I'm, I, yes, sir. I'm proud to say I'm an amplifier. I just signed up today. That is fantastic. Thank you. I'm Congratulations, Mark. Anything else yes. on your mind tonight? Uh, I just want to say anti-state.com. That's a, good, that's a good website. I've been there before. Thanks, thanks for the call, man. 800-259-9231. He must what, be in a marine mood tonight, huh? What is at, at, uh, anti-state.com? It's an anti-state website. It sounds like it. I just wondered if you'd There's a me. There was a nice forum there. I used to spend a little time on it uh, a few years back. You do love florin, forum posting. Yeah, I just, I've got too many forums uh, the, to balance at the moment, though. I need to cut back. Uh, all right, so let's go to Dylan in California. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Dylan. Hello, this is Dylan. Uh, 
It is. Okay, so been taxed from BBS. Um, I want to talk about uh, capitalism. Okay. Um, and, well, I've been talking to some, like, a left Marxist, and, like, they have a... Um, when you talk to them, they, like, talk about how bad capitalism is, but they have a different definition. Okay, what's but, their definition? Well, their definition is, like, well, the mixed economy that we have right now, and they say that's bad. Um, mm. So, um, well, if we can... So this is an advantage for libertarians um, because they have it because they don't understand what capitalism is either. I'm sorry, you cut out just a little bit there. What what now for libertarians? Um, well, that this we do it. Um, like some Marxists, like they believe that like the state is a bad thing as well. Okay. So that like if so, we can um like make them understand that the capitalism that they they don't like is what is we don't like that either. I don't know exactly. if you can. I don't know if you can win that fight. I mean, they may be so indoctrinated against the word capitalism that you may just be better off uh, taking the term free market and and explaining to them why we should go in that direction. Right, but well, they they have a different concept of what capitalism is, and I've actually said like in the past, like I've talked to them, they're like, "Oh, capitalism is bad," and I'll say, "Well, I like capitalism," and like that's like automatically losing because you don't realize that. They have a different conception of it. Exactly, which is why it's be it's uh, important to make sure you uh, define or be defined and make sure you understand the terms. And I, th- I think it's great that you called in about this because it shows that there's a misconception out there, not just amongst Marxists, but also amongst people that have just been sort of slowly and quietly indoctrinated by the Marxists right. over the years to believe this sort of misconception that we live in a capitalist country. We don't. We live in a country where government regulates everything. That's not right. it's not true capitalism, but I just don't know if that's a fight that I want to fight. I mean, if you think that you can make some headway with some people on that, then then by all means. I don't know, Mark, what do you how do you feel about that word capitalism? Uh, well, I, I I don't I think capitalism there's a lot of uh, anger that goes behind the term capitalism and I'm I'm with Ian. I think he's thought about it quite a bit and um I like his idea of talking about the free market. Um you know, the United States it certainly has a regulated uh, market, but it's one of the freer ones in the world comparatively, and I'd like to give them kudos where they have it. They're like the 13th freest now, market in the world. Now the, now, the Marxist could jump down your throat on the, th- the free market claim as well and say, well, well, market failure and blah, blah, blah. But then I th- you could maybe sort of persuade them in that, well, you know what? If you wanted to actually try communism, you could do it in a free market. Like – the free market is where communism might actually have a chance of uh, being able to exist in very small pockets, like on a commune or something. For instance, you would actually be able to, if you are a devoted communist and you want to get together with some other communists and move out onto some farm somewhere and have your little co-op or commune, whatever, then you could. And as long as you weren't forcing other people into your commune, then have all the communism you want. Distribute all the wealth amongst your friends and your little commie buddies that you want to. Just don't force me to play. So under the free market, communists could actually live in fairly close proximity to capitalists, and we could all get along to some extent. Thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Then we could all get what we want. That's a good thing, right? Horse on the way. Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The packet 8 toll-free line. 
That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there because they're totally free. That does include the listener map. You can add yourself to it like over 1,700 of our listeners have done at map.freetalklive.com. And you can scroll around the world and see who is a listener of Free Talk Live. Map.freetalklive.com. And it's free. Does your company have a bunch of unpaid receivables just sitting out there? Try SACL CAI. They do collections in a whole new way. SACL knows that the only um, that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. They record every customer interaction so you can check their work. Let SACL CAI, CAI handle any or all of your accounts receivable needs. See their banner at freetalklive.com or go to 1-800 or, or call, excuse me, 1-800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support FTL. Now, we had a few phone difficulties, but that's been ironed out at this point. If you're on hold, we're going to get to you. Going back into the premarital sex issue that we started out the hour with, uh, a study has been done that has found that 95% of American adults have had sex, have sex before marriage. This, to me, is not really a shock. Um, I've always known, I mean, I've always felt and known that Americans are out there having sex quite often, and they just sort of keep quiet about it. Sure. And as it turns tacky out... tacky to talk about it. That's absolutely true. I don't think it's tacky at all. When you say it's well, tacky, you mean to brag... I guess it would be it'd be tacky, you know, to talk about accomplishments in the sexual arena or something yes. like that. I mean, but I don't think it's tacky to talk about sex no. in that to discuss it, especially with with kids. Um, which, of course, which that's what the issue is here is the abstinence programs that the government is spewing about in government schools and essentially telling kids to not have sex before marriage, which to me is the worst one of the worst ideas in the world. Let's go to the phone, see what you think about it, and then we'll get to the quotes from one of these bureaucrats defending their abstinence program. Let's talk to David in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Howdy. Uh, instead of the abstinence program, I think they should uh, get kids involved and witness a birth. I think the birth, the miracle of birth has been uh, like stolen away from the people. Do, do you, what's it, the point of that? Do you think that it would be appropriate? Well, I, I, I think that a, a, a young man and a young woman witnessing and being part of a birth could see what a woman goes through to have the baby, what what it is that's happening. Uh, they'd get respect for the, the act of the sex that, that may bring this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I the, agree with you. The male like, would get respect for women more. Like if you don't be careful, if you don't... all the pain and all the blood and everything... Yeah. This and, could happen and, to you if you aren't careful. That's sort of not only that, well, but well, and not as not if, not using it as a fear thing. Just you know that that this is a a, a sacred, beautiful, wonderful, yeah, bloody it, like this yeah, is life, like, you know, life threatening on both sides, giving life, and I think even death has been stolen away from us. You know, you you got you know they got the guy to have to put it. You know, I. I think it, it, it's just an intrusion, really, on family upbringing. You know, what we, government educa- but government education on sex is an intrusion. You mean? Yeah, because all of this should be talked about and being brought forth in through the family. I like totally saying, agree with you. The but... birth has been. I I was having a home birth, right? Mm-hmm. And I paid wow. for. Uh, I, I paid for the. The midwife, we went through all the classes. You know, the birth started going down. Her blood pressure went up over the legal amount. Had to bring her to the hospital. And the hospital people look down upon people having home births. You well, know? yeah, they're they, not making any money off of the home yeah, births. So all that it, midwifery it, going on. 
it, it's just a bunch of, uh, I think, tyranny uh, perpetrated upon the people, man. Keeping well, I agree with family. you, Dave, that, uh, that sex needs to be discussed in the family. But unfortunately, Americans are so afraid to talk about sex that they just decide, well, we'll just leave it to the government schools. Well, they're not afraid to talk about it trying to sell stuff. It's like the heart of... Uh Fifth Avenue. Every, oh, there's plenty day. of people that are. Uh, there's plenty of people in America woman, that, that make sexual products. To happen, that's what gets me mad. Is women allow themselves to be used as a marketing tool? What the do you biggest, mean by that? Uh, the the woman figure. You're talking you know, about the, porn. The, You're talking about uh, no, just sex you, and just look, advertising. Look, look at look at any commercial. You know the sex appeal. Look at a, a Victoria Secret commercial. So that bothers what are they you? Selling? The, the, Underwear. That bothers you. Is, Dave, that uh, women uh, appear as models in those uh, no, in those that magazines? doesn't bother me. But I'm just saying, if they're true to their word, or saying you know they don't want to be a sex symbol, they don't want you know they want respect, and, and you know they don't want the kids having sex and everything. But I don't know if the women in Victoria's Secret they use it as a, a dang marketing tool. Dave, thanks for the call. We appreciate uh, hearing from you. I don't know if the women in Victoria's Secret are talking about how they don't want to be sex symbols. I, I think you. You pretty much are consenting and wanting to be a sex symbol if you appear in Victoria's Secret. I would have to concur. Uh, let's go to Fred in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Fred. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, Fred, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, how old are you? Me? I'm 26. Mark? I'm that's, 35. That's what I kind of figured. Uh, that's friend, right. We're, uh, we're dumb kids. Uh, I didn't say them kids. No, no, I was just uh, I was just putting that out there. What's uh, on your mind, Fred? Let me ask you a question. Uh, another question. Uh, do you believe in the word? The word of what? What word? Uh, the Bible? No. Absolutely not. I'm an atheist. Mark, <laughs> however, believe does in? believe in God. Mark believes in God, just not the Bible thing. Right. Oh, oh, uh, well, I, I'm going to tell you something, my friend. You're going to find out one day... Uh, the abstinence is is a plan of God. Really? Uh, I have I have five kids. Uh, they they have kids of their own now. They abstained. Uh, I abstained. Uh, and I tell you what, my friend, you'll find out one day. The word of God is true. It's ne- never been. Uh, uh, now, I, I would say, I would say to you that that is the best way for things to happen as far as a family goes. That people grow up to be healthiest and happiest that way. I just don't think that it's realistic. It hasn't happened from the beginning of time, and it's not going to happen today. And no matter how much we talk about abstinence, all we're going to do is cause more disease and no, more no, um, pregnancy. No, 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 hold on, hold on. And I want to, I want to. Um, Go uh, say one more thing. If God has a plan for abstinence, don't you think it's a little, um, uh, like a little presumptuous of Him to expect me to know it if He didn't tell it to me? Tell it to you if you read His Word. No, no. See that—that's where you're you're off. His His Word, as you call it, no. the Bible was written by forty no, different people, and uh, you might as well tell me something as Moses tells me something. It's it's just nonsense. L- listen, uh, if if a marriage is based on can have good sex or not, it won't last. Well, nobody here has suggested, sir, I, hold on now, nobody here has suggested that a marriage should be based on good sex or not. 
I just said that it's an important factor to sex. For instance, you said you were abstinent until you got married. Well, if you had found out maybe on your wedding night when you might have had sex for the first time, if you'd found out the first time you had sex that you were so big that you hurt your wife, don't you think that might have harmed your marriage a little bit? I think you'd have found out, you know, that something could be worked out. Uh, wait, wait, wait. I've, what I've could never, be worked I've out? I've never heard of that in my life. Well, I'm telling you it happened with my dad and my mom. Now What's you've that? heard of it. I'm, I'm telling you that happened with my dad and my mom. And I'm telling you that my current girlfriend had a problem with that with her last boyfriend. Parts just didn't fit together. And I wouldn't want to find that out after I got married. I don't know about you, sir. Now, how did you see? You said I was going to find out about the word or whatever. How is that going to you, happen? You will find out. My friend, if your name is not written in the book of life, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior... I did when I was a kid, gonna, and then I rejected you're gonna, it. No, you didn't accept it. You wouldn't be talking like you're talking now. No, no, no. I was a I Christian. I was a Presbyterian no, for uh, like you, a decade you, or so. What's that? I was a Presbyterian for, uh, for several matter. years. I don't. I don't care if you're Catholic, Baptist, Presbyterian, or whatever. So you're telling if me that kids can't accept Jesus? No. If you haven't truly accepted Christ and given your heart to Him totally, I mean totally, your you, your name will never be written in the book of life. And, and I'm going to burn, burn in, hell in hell for all eternity, right? You're going to burn in hell. Ah, yes. That's what God's word Those says. Those luscious, uh, luscious fires are awaiting me. Yeah. You know what? Hang on, buddy. We're going to bring you back if you want, because, you know, you're interesting. If you want to talk to this guy, 800-259-9231. Free talk live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line for you, one 800 259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the site. We give it away. Those other radio talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their sites. Ours is free. All of the features that you'll find there at freetalklive.com. So uh, they're all for you. Now, it does cost us money to run the website. I mean, it's not free for us. It's just Everything free for costs you. Money. Right. So we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by buying things from us, like the Free Talk Live branded merchandise. We've got Free Talk Live hats and T-shirts and more, all available for you right now at store.freetalklive.com. That is store.freetalklive.com and amazon.freetalklive.com for everything else you need to buy in life. Amazon.freetalklive.com is the place to go. 35 categories of products, everything from books to office products to electronics, you name it, even gift cards. It's not too late to get somebody a gift card. In fact, it's not too late to get them something uh, shipped. You're going to have to put it like two-day or one-day shipping, basically, at, uh, at this point, if you want to make it before Christmas time. But get your holiday shopping done and all of your after-holiday shopping done at Amazon.freetalklive.com because a percentage of your purchase will go to benefit Free Talk Live. Well, what do you know, Mark? Old Fred from uh, Montana dropped off the line during you know, the break. Fred's a good man. And he's had success in his life. He's created a great, uh, great family, and his had a lot of sex. And and I'm sure he has. I'll bet you he has had more sex than a single guy. Got five kids. Got to have a lot of sex to have five kids. You know, and and that's the God's honest truth. Is married people have more sex than single people? But I don't know. I have a lot of sex. Well, you're hardly. You, you would fit have um, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you would have gotten married already, though. I yeah, mean, yeah, you, you live in uh, with your girlfriend rather than actually being married. And if, right. it, and if it wasn't for government marriage, you'd probably seriously have considered it. But already. don't they say that uh, sex drops off after marriage? I dis I disagree with that. 
That's just what I've heard. Some people, I'm sure it does. Um, but I don't want to disparage Fred and the success that he's had in his life and his family. He's obviously done a really good job. But he came on and told me I was going to hell. That's well, not very nice. <laughs> it's because that's what he believes. Is that supposed to be and persuasive? That's what the common religion is here in America. I mean, I'd call it weird because the Christian religion that as it is today is really, really weird. But, but most people are Christians. But most people believe this or some variation that Fred has, and they don't really question it much. Now, I'd like to let's let's take this. I'd like to come up with a scenario for you, Ian. Okay. Um, now you've known me for a good portion of my life, and you know me to be a guy who sort of seeks spiritually. I like to know mm-hmm. what the universe is about. I'd like to to know you know religiously what's going on. And I got kind a crystal of, in your pocket at all times. I wouldn't go that far, but <laughs> I, I kind of like to know these things. I mean, I'm not a person who bl- turns himself blindly away from religion. Yeah. I've been a Christian, a holiness Christian. Um, for a period of time in my life, I grew up uh, in the church. I was a Sunday school teacher. I went to Christian school for nine years. Now, Fred says you can't possibly have ever believed in Jesus if you reject him at any point. God bless Fred. He's wrong. I went to Christian camp. Well, Christ- I don't know what... I can't tell you whether you were a Christian or not, but I can tell you I was. Yeah. I know I was. I mean, I didn't cuss. I tried mm. tried to um, to quit the uh, sins of the flesh, as it were. I wasn't always, I wasn't successful in that, but I was a young man. Um, and, you know, I just got to tell you, it seems to me, I've, I've looked at this religious stuff, and I just don't believe Christianity. I can't, and I, it's, I find it very difficult to imagine at the end of time I'm going to stand in front of God's throne, and, uh, you know, um, Jesus isn't going to be my advocate because I'm not a Christian. Um, or maybe he is. If if you're a Baptist, then I was a Christian, so therefore he will stand with me. It just really depends on what your religion mm-hmm. is. Um, and God's gonna, and I'm gonna say to God, you know, God, I I see, I'm looking around, I see all the angels and the devils, and I've been watching you put people in hell and send people to heaven and and do your little judgment day thing. And you know, I I sought my whole life for the truth. I really tried to know. I read the Bible, the New Testament seven times, the Old Testament three times. I know your Bible, but it just seemed to me that I couldn't rationalize it in my mind. It seemed like there were too many mistakes, contradictions. Mm-hmm. Um, that the Christians around me, what I saw, were just you know they, they were awful. The hypocrisy. The, the you know the the preachers were bad um, people. You know that it looked like everybody wanted money. These giant opulent churches. Well, um, who could blame you for being turned off? Right. So for whatever my reasons are, God gave me my sense of sight and my sense of smell and my sense of touch and my sense of hearing. He gave me all of these senses in this world that he created. So this world's actually, this world that you and I are sitting mm-hmm. in, and it, um, according to the Christian religion, is actually less real than the world that God's in currently. Okay. So um, he created this world in which this fake world that I'm in, sort of blind, deaf, simulation. And, yeah, I'm blind, deaf, and dumb to the real world, that the, the God's world. And then he gave me my rational mind with which to figure this out. And I came up with something besides Christianity. Now you're going to be punished. That seems really unfair to me. And I thought we're talking about a fair, just God here. He puts me in a simulation where I have sought and I came up with what I believe to be the answers. I do believe my answers are the truth. Fred, I believe they're as true as you believe yours. And now I have to go to hell because I disagree. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. I'm supposed to believe in a Christian religion where they don't even know the name of their own Savior? They think the guy's name's Jesus. That's a mistranslation. Isn't it Yahweh? Yeah, no, it's Yaheshua. 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 The guy's name was Joshua, and they don't even know it. 
Let's go to the phones. We've got to talk to Mike in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Mike. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Well, good evening, gentlemen. Hey there. What's on your mind? Well, being you brought this subject up, this isn't where I was going to go, but you brought it up, so I thought, well, we'll just keep with it then. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, you know, here's how I look at this. And, and you know, I agree with you guys a lot. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, I mean, I'm married. Uh, of course, I wasn't uh, <clears throat> a real uh, gentleman in my younger years. Um, <laughs> and I've my, my parents have been honest with me now that we're all older that the rumble seat also was used for other things other than riding in. Dear God. So they were, you know, th- these older people get on and they, they, they get off on this thing of, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, you know, it, it, it just goes nuts. And we didn't do that. We didn't do that. And then when you get older, they finally tell you, yeah, we did that. <laughs> um, and so I, I, guess, I guess my point with this, with this is, is, you know, the Ten Commandments is a great way to follow your life. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I go to church. I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a free Lutheran. You know, I mean, I, I don't have any problem with that. I have a problem when, when the churches all want all this money and everything from me, and sure. I don't have it. I'm not giving you my life savings when I have a family to support. Sorry, ain't happening. Um, but, you know, the Ten Commandments follow them. Hey, you don't steal. You don't just shoot somebody because you want to. You know, you don't, you don't, uh, adultery, you know, and so forth. But my, my biggest, biggest problem and this one will hit home and you guys will understand where i'm coming from with this okay is that the point of first of all government schools uh trying to teach what they're teaching i think is is 100 percent wrong that is the parent's job the absolutely problem, and i'm and i'm going to insult a whole bunch of parents out here i'm one myself i have a 10 year old daughter and a, and a two-year-old son and i'm going to insult them but you know what i'm not my kid's friend i'm their parent and I'd say that uh, our last caller, job. Fred, felt the same way. I bet he he raised a quite a disciplined family and had a lot of success with it. And I think that that's the way it works. It it and it isn't a wrong way. The thing that I look at is when your children turn the way things are going and and you know modifications with food and steroids. These kid, the, you know, these kids are growing up or or developing earlier than I think they should be. I would concur. There's but, steroids in the beef. But, but you know, but but if you look at it, when, when when children turn twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen years old, you've done your job. Hopefully, by then. And, and yeah, and and you can't you can't do anything else at that point. And so many parents sit back and they want to be friends to their children instead of the parent. But I don't parent, know, you know. I see what you're saying, but I gotta. I, I, I don't know if you're being a friend to your kids by being silent, and I think that's what I see so many parents doing. It's just this co- code of silence when it comes to talking about sex and also drugs and other adult issues with their kids. It's like, let's leave it up to the government schools. It's too uh, too icky of a topic to talk about with our kids. I don't think they're being friends with their kids. I think you're being a friend and a parent at the same time by being honest with your children about sex and talking with them. I don't think it's, I don't think it's impossible to be a parent and a friend at the same time well no 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 and i and i see what you're saying but what i'm meaning is is so many parents are so afraid that their kid's going to get mad oh my god i took his xbox away oh my god i made him mow the lawn oh my god i I made him you know and and this is what i mean by friend yeah i don't want to get my child mad at me because he's going to rebel he's going to go do something i don't want him to do oh my god oh my you know and I see this, and I see this, and I see this, and I see this over and over and over and over again. Yeah. The work ethic of children anymore, I mean, I grew up on a ranch. 
I work. You got twenty seconds to wrap it up, my man. A week, you know, and 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 I don't know. I, I guess I guess my point is is is. You know, start being a parent and quit being a you know a friend of these kids. I think that if you do it right, now this is me talking as somebody who's not a parent, but I think if you do it right and you're a good parent, you'll end up being your son or daughter's best friend. That's I think the way it should end up. Like when they become an adult, you should be best friends with your parents. Exactly. More's on the way. You got thanks, you got thanks, my point. Exactly. Thanks for the call, thanks, man. Guys. We appreciate it, Mike. Hour number three is on the way. You take control of the airwaves. And we still have to get to the bureaucrats' excuses for their abstinence program. Coming up. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off Hour 3, Wednesday edition. Your show, you take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. 1-800-259-9231 is the number you'll need. That's the Packet 8 toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark? Again, that number, 800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. That is freetalklive.com. We start things out this hour. We're going to come back to uh, abstinence. Well, we're going to keep going with the phone calls here. Dave in New Hampshire, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Dave. Dave in New Hampshire? Dave in New Hampshire going once. Dave in New Hampshire going twice. Let's try Matt in Illinois. Matt, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Matt. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hey, hey doing man. great. What's on your mind? Uh, I just wanted to tell you guys that I don't believe either one of you are going to hell. Okay. Thank you. Well, that's refreshing. Where am I going? <laughs> well, uh, I... Don't believe that God really cares whether or not you believe in Jesus. All he cares about is how you treat other people. And I'm sure that you guys treat other people very, very nicely. Do you think that, do you think that God does send some people to hell? Um, no, I, um, looking into the uh, phenomenon of near-death experiences, uh, I've seen a couple of people who talk about a hellish experience, and then they ask for God's help, God lifts them out. I think it's it's a phenomenon that um, that may have happened to a couple of few people. Hell, uh, there's there's something about <laughs> that there. I, th- I think you better do your own research because you know it's hard to explain. Wait, wait, wait. are you I've talking about really... hell or near death experiences? I'm talking about near death experiences. Science has pretty much found that uh, they've looked at the near death experiences and they they've pretty much found that it's just a product of your brain when you're in that when you're in that particular state. Uh, that the the people who are experiencing those things are it's just simply their brain it's a natural thing that happens to a to a lot of people and of course the religious out there attribute it to God or attribute it to uh, being on the path towards their next life but really it's just scientific thing. I've looked into that uh, part of it also and um, that's a little iffy too. They're, the way that they're the way that they're doing their experiences and what. People who have actually had near-death experiences say there's differences. Um, there's small amounts of differences. I know the scientific experience experiments you're talking about, mm-hmm. but it, there's differences there. Okay, we'll take and your word so, for it. So, um, you know, I, it's, it's it's a matter of belief too. I mean, you know, this I would say it what is. I believe, and and I've I've looked into all kinds of of angles on that. So but you also, think, I wanted to. Oh, I was going to okay, say. Go so, you, just to clarify, you think that as long as you're a good person, you'll end up in the heaven or whatever it is. 
I don't. I think there's more to it. I think heaven and hell is oversimplifying the the, the uh, afterlife experience. Are there different tiers, like in Dante's Inferno, or <laughs> I mean, what's the how oversimplifying are we um, doing it? I mean, what's the well, what's the reality? All right, in your the, the, uh, the the people that have talked about hell explain hell basically as a lack of God, a lack of spiritual being. You're separated. You're away from a uh, deeper spiritual experience. That's what the people that uh, yeah, that's that's what you believe that's about the people hell? who have experienced hell. Have, have experienced hell in their near-death experience. That's how they explain it. Oh, I've never actually uh, heard of anyone experiencing hell in their near-death experience. I've always heard it's just that sort of tunnel with the light at the end sort of thing. Oh, no, there's uh, there's a gentleman who wrote a whole book on it. Uh, one gentleman wrote a whole book, and then there's several people who uh, had a very similar experience. Right, uh, now there are also people who claim they've been abducted by aliens, so just because there's a number of people out there claiming something doesn't mean it has any sort of validity whatsoever. Yeah, but the people who were claiming to be abducted by aliens were sitting in a hospital bed actually declared dead at the time. Nobody, you know, there was nobody there to actually Nonetheless, nonetheless, the, the, the motivation could still be the same. They could have still had the people in the hospital bed, no doubt, had a, some sort of traumatic occurrence, and perhaps, you know, they really were near dying. Um, but nonetheless, they may have come out and realized that if they had an experience, then they're going to get maybe a little press attention. They're going to get uh, held up by their peers. People are going to pay attention to them. They're going to buy their book. They're going to be interesting. So there's a lot of other factors that, that go into play here. Just because someone's claiming something doesn't necessarily mean it's true. No, you're right. I'm, I'm not even going to argue with that. Uh, that's that's here again. I already I uh, already explained. This is just a belief. And, oh, sure, sure. You, know, you asked me to go into, into more detail, so I was absolutely. So, what but else the, did you have, sir? Um, there was, I was listening to Alex Jones's show yesterday, and there was a woman from New Hampshire who called in, mm-hmm. and she was homeschooling her kid, and she was having problems. Apparently, one of her neighbors called on her, and the the DCF, the Department of Children and Family Services out there, I don't know what their name is in Illinois. That's I don't called. either. Um, they came out to her house and were threatening her with um, jail. For oh, homeschooling? And I, thought, and I thought that was interesting because it was coming out of New Hampshire. Yeah, well, there's a DCF everywhere, and they're probably all a bunch of intrusive bureaucrats, know-it-all, mommy government types. Uh, you know, I'm surprised that I actually have not seen that story. I thought I saw something somewhere, but maybe it just didn't catch my attention. And I'll see what I can do uh, to, to find the details on that, because that's, that certainly sounds very outrageous. And thank you for bringing it to my attention, sir, and have a great evening. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Let's see if we can dig that up maybe during the uh, the next break. Okay. Find out what that's all I, about. I've got no shortage of stories I'd like to talk about. So Indeed, but we're going back to the world of abstinence. We had cut off uh, where we had t- stopped the conversation last hour when we got in a bunch of phone calls. We were talking about the Assistant Secretary for Children and Families and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services defending the abstinence-only approach for teenagers because last hour there's been a study that's uh, been done that reveals that Americans, the super, super majority, 95% of Americans, have sex before they get married. And, of course, that just essentially nullifies the government's claims that abstinence programs do anything at all to keep kids away from sex. I believe, actually, um, that what it's saying is that uh, 95% of Americans have had sex outside of marriage, not before marriage. Well, this says before marriage. That's what it says in the study. 
anyway, let's say what the excuse is here from the Department of Human Services as to why the abstinence-only approach is a good idea. He says... One of its values is to help young people delay the onset of sexual activity. The longer one delays, the fewer lifetime sex partners they have, and the less the risk of uh, contracting a sexually transmitted disease. He's right about that. It's true. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't have sex until I was 22. And uh, that means that if I'd had sex every year before I was 22, higher chance of getting an STD, higher chance of knocking some girl up, for sure. Oh, but, I think that there's a, I think there's more to it than that. I think that uh, a person that waits longer um, is less likely to be promiscuous, um, especially girls. If they're le- if they wait, you know, a little longer in life, they build some respect for themselves. Maybe uh, they're less likely to be promiscuous, and and promiscuity is what uh, is really going to bring on so I'm sexually not, transmitted disease. I'm not denying what it is that this guy's saying, but the fact that they're out there teaching abstinence and nothing else means that for the ninety percent or 95% of Americans that do have sex before marriage, they may be having more risky sex. Now, even if it's true that uh, it, that he's saying that they just want to delay the sex, that they know that the kids are going to have sex, but they just want to delay it as long as possible, even if that's true, that still doesn't mean that they aren't going to have risky sex at age 20, or when, at age 21, whenever right. they get the chance. They're in, uh, out off in, uh, in college at some drunken frat party or something like that, and they get the opportunity to have sex, they're going to probably be taking a few risks in that particular instance. And that's why we're, people like me are concerned about these abstinence programs because there's just no education as far as how to have sex safely, understanding what you need to know. And, of course, I don't think it should be the government's responsibility to teach these things at all. I think it's American parents that are really dropping the ball here. But he insisted there was no federal mission against premarital sex among adults. Absolutely not. The Bush administration does not believe the government should be regulating or stigmatizing the behavior of adults. Well, maybe not regulating them, but nonetheless, you do have a a program for up to 29-year-olds, sir. There's a federal government outreach program for people in their 20s to encourage them to be abstinent, which I think is absolutely nuts. I mean, it's crazy enough to think that teenagers are going to keep it in their pants, but people in their 20s? Horn says he found the high percentages of marital, premarital sex cited in the study to be plausible and expressed hope that society would not look askance at the small minority that chooses to remain abstinent before marriage. Uh, Askance meaning, like, they're weirdos? Because I think it's a strange decision, and I think it's a little bit unhealthy. Uh, But if that's the way they want to live their lives, that's their business. 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves abstinence good idea or not so great this is your show or whatever's on your mind goes it's free talk live this is free talk live and it's your show you take control of the airways toll free 800-259-9231 that is 1-800-259-9231 it is ian here with you and mark and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com all the features on the site completely free that does include live streams. There's a broadband version of the show there for you, and a dial-up version as well. Both of them for free, freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, the Free State Project's New Hampshire Liberty Forum, attaining economic and personal freedoms in America's freest state. This three-day event, February 23rd through the 25th, will be held convention-style in historic Concord, New Hampshire, with some of the program taking place in the State House. Register now at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. There was an announcement today about another confirmed speaker for the Liberty Forum. We Who's rec- that? We've recently announced Jim Babka, our friend from downsizedc.org. 
he's going to be there. But the new announcement is uh, the head of the Marijuana Policy Project. So uh, he's going to be in attendance. That'll be great. And I think that's pretty cool. He's. We actually were talking about them last night on the show in that this is an organization that's pushing for regulation of marijuana. They mm-hmm. want to legalize and then regulate it. Obviously, I disagree with going to the regulation phase, so maybe we'll get him on the show. Rob, uh, Rob Campia, I believe, is his name. And uh, maybe we'll be able to get him for a few minutes and uh, hold his feet to the flames. You dis- No, you disagree. I don't disagree with him. Oh, well, come on. You would prefer to not have regulation, right? Right, but I would prefer that people not go to jail for possessing marijuana. Right, well, we'll and agree that, that far. I'll agree with them now on that part, well, sure. I, and I would say that um, it's much more likely to happen um, his way than your way. All right, well, anyway, uh, getting back to uh, just a few more comments on the abstinence thing. The government defending its abstinence-only program, and in fact, Janice Krause of Concerned Women for America, a conservative group which strongly supports abstinence-only education, says she was skeptical of the study's findings. Now, just in case you're just tuning in, the study found that over 95% of Americans have sex before they get married. She says, anytime I see numbers that high, I'm a little suspicious. The numbers are too pat. Well, Janice, what about you? When did you first have sex? (laughs) (laughs) Leslie Unruh, who runs a South Dakota-based organization promoting abstinence-only education, contended that increasing numbers of young people were open to remaining chaste until marriage. Look, um, Leslie, just because you're in front of a class of government school children and they tell you that they're open to the idea doesn't mean that they're actually being honest with you. And even if they are being honest, doesn't mean that their opinions won't change dramatically when they you know, mature a little bit more in a couple more years or get more horny in a couple more years and uh, then completely throw the abstinence thing out the window. So just because some kids raise their hand in a class doesn't mean you have a whole movement of people who are going to be abstinent for the next uh, 10 years of their life. Anyway, that said, with your thoughts, 800-259-9231. Since we're talking about things, uh, these sorts of topics, why don't we switch over to the drug war and ecstasy? And what I consider a pretty fair article about ecstasy. Now, it, it hits it from both sides, and that's why I call it a fair article. It's not glowing, and it's not anti, but it is the Times Online from the United Kingdom. As the first wave of ecstasy users reaches their 40s, research suggests that the drug can cause long-term brain damage. This Christmas and New Year's, thousands will celebrate with a disco biscuit, a shamrock, a sweetie, a tulip, or a love drug. In other words, an ecstasy tablet. And these must be British slang terms yeah. for ecstasy because I've never British. heard any of them. Because uh, you're not going to get any Americans to take a tulip. A surprisingly large number will be respectable members of the community in their late 30s and early 40s. Doctors, teachers, bankers, lawyers, keen to recapture the euphoria of the 80s when they danced until dawn with strangers in fields. But two decades after ecstasy energized the social lives of the rave generation, its biological legacy remains unclear. Long-term use has been linked to reports of brain damage, depression, and memory loss. None, however, have been wholly conclusive. Reports. As a result, views remain polarized. Supporters claim that ecstasy, a Class A drug, and over here I believe it's a Schedule I drug, has been unfairly demonized as part of the government's war on drugs and point out that alcohol causes more proven harm. And they'd be right. They argue that it might be better to accept that people take drugs and provide data that allows them to make an informed choice. 
Anti-drugs campaigners, on the other hand, insist that illicit drugs can never be considered safe and that brain damage to users remains because a, we said they were illegal. Remains a sinister possibility. Somewhere in the middle of the rumpus sits the science. Ecstasy or 3,4-methylendioxymethamphetamine, MDMA, mm-hmm. floods the brain with serotonin, a feel-good chemical. Serotonin helps to regulate memory, sleep, libido, appetite, and temperature. The main focus of research has been what happens after the serotonin rush. Does the serotonin system shut down temporarily to recover? Does it ever recover fully? Does repeated ingestion wreck this balance? And if there is long-term da- uh, term damage, is it related to mood or cognitive ability? And can it be reversed? These are all excellent questions that I think deserve answers. But unfortunately, getting the answers to these questions is a, is a, is a task in itself. Very difficult because the government has made it illegal. And That's right. Once they say it's illegal, you can't test on it because you might come back with some information that is somehow, you know, makes it look like we're silly for making it illegal. Yeah. I mean, what if one of these drugs actually helped people, some people? Yeah, what if it actually has some benefits? What if it's not all bad? You're right. So they won't allow the testing to be done. Though, to be fair, here in the United States, there are a couple of organizations that do have permission slips from the DEA to 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 do some uh, psychological style testing uh, on on this drug. Nonetheless, for the most part, it's outlawed. Some of the earliest research, however, there have been some done. Some of it underground. Some people just did their own research anyway. You know, they got themselves a batch of ecstasy and just did their own research. Uh, according to a forthcoming Radio 4 program that talks to the E Generation, was conducted by Valerie Curran of University College London. She set up a makeshift lab at a London club and compared ravers on MDMA to partygoers on alcohol. Professor Curran found that while the drinkers suffered hangovers, the drug takers suffered a deep midweek low. A similar delayed bout of the blues was found in other studies, too, and the midweek low acquired the grim nickname Suicide Tuesday. Now, I'm curious as to uh, the MDMA users in our audience at the moment, um, if there are any tuning in live here tonight, at 800-259-9231, how many of you have experienced the Suicide Tuesday? How many of you have experienced this midweek low, deep midweek low, as they describe it? I'm, I'm really, uh, I wonder what the amount, what the dosage is uh, for the people, the, what they were taking on that weekend that would cause them to have this midweek low. Because in my experimentation, I've never had it. And my girlfriend and I were talking about this last night. We were sort of perusing this article. She's never had it either. Uh, Mark, I don't know what your experience has been. I, it's minimal. A few times I've tried it, and I didn't have that experience either. I, there's definitely some spaciness the day after. Like, you know, you're a little out of yeah. it the next day. But that is partially something to do with the fact that you're up all night, basically, and uh, and on drugs. But the midweek low? Hmm, haven't seen it. What was needed, though, however, was a detailed look inside the brain, and this led to a major drawback. Animals are much easier to study than humans. Many studies found that in animals, MDMA was neurotoxic, meaning it killed brain cells. But critics suggested that results could not be extrapolated to human beings. In most animals, says Professor Curran, ecstasy is toxic when it's injected in very high doses. In human research, the evidence for neurotoxicity is scant. So when the cops and the drug warriors tell you that ecstasy puts holes in your brain, eh... Maybe that's because it put holes in rat brains, but not necessarily in human brains. We're going to come back with more. It's Free Talk Live. 
Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet8.net toll-free line for all your voice over IP needs. Packet8.net. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Talking about the evil drug ecstasy. Also known as MDMA, methylene dioxymethamphetamine. It's a, a pretty popular drug here in America, also overseas as well, popular worldwide, and for good reason. It you know, feels good to take it. Of course, a lot of people wonder, well, are you going to be paying a price in I the think, long run I think good subjective, and some people would say that, that have taken it would say, no, it did not feel good, and I was not happy with the results. Uh, to be fair, I did. Uh, there, was one, there was the first time that I've ever um, puked on any sort of a, uh, a substance. Not that I'm a psychonaut or anything. I haven't had a variety, uh, a huge variety of substances that I've taken. But the last time I did MDMA, I did uh, I did throw up a bit, and that was a little unpleasant. That's not good. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I think it might have been because I didn't... I, 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 there was weird. I, I got up in the morning and took it uh, instead of taking it at night, and I think of the food situation. It's, very, it's a tricky drug when it comes to eating. Like, you're not supposed to eat, but I wanted to eat, and so I ate something. And I, Anyway... Nonetheless, this is probably because there's no real solid research on how you should take these drugs. You sort of have to go with what other people have done. Yeah. But anyway, people are wondering as to, well, if it feels so good, is there some damage that's going on down the line? And regardless of what some people say, there are a lot of people that like the way it feels, and that's why they take it. So are you doing damage to yourself? There are studies that have uh, been done, and in the uh, Times Online in the United Kingdom is uh, talking about some of them, pointing out that when you study MDMA in lab rats and animals, for instance, it's, it can be neurotoxic in that it kills brain cells. Now, um, I... Sure, and, and, you know, the thing is, is lab rats are very indicative as to how something's going to work in humans, uh, you know, primates, mammals, that kind of thing. They, they're very good, and, and they're easy to experiment on, and, and that kind of thing, but they're not foolproof. True. Um, like cats, for instance. If you experimented with aspirin on cats and only used that as your, your, your only indication as to how good aspirin was for you, this wonder drug mm-hmm. lowers blood pressure, lowers heart pressure, uh, you know, stops blood from clotting, uh, gets rid of headaches and pains and all that other stuff. Aspirin, wonder drug. If you only tested it on cats, you'd say, this kills people. We must ban it. Because it kills cats. Because it kills cats. What about dogs? I think you can give aspirin to dogs. Interesting. I, I, I am not a veterinarian. Please Don't do not give yes. your dogs aspirin <laughs> on Mark Edge's say-so. Right. I do not know. Well, that said, uh, it does kill brain cells in some animals. But critics say that, that you can't extrapolate that to human beings because ecstasy is toxic in animals when injected in high doses, which is another thing about animal testing. They love to really dose them up, right? They'll dose up a rat with, some, uh, with a dose of ecstasy that a human wouldn't even take. So, yeah, yeah no, no kidding it's going to hurt the, the, uh, the animal. Well, ecstasy, apparently the evidence for neurotoxicity in humans is scant. Not only that, but researchers also reported the deaths of animals. If, the toxicity applied to, if that toxicity applied to people, then clubbers should have been dropping like flies. Right. Which is apparently not the case. During no. the mid-80s, when an estimated 1 to 2 million people were taking, and this is in the United Kingdom, 
there's more people that were taking it in the U.S. So one to two million people in the United Kingdom were taking at least one ecstasy tablet per week. There were around 20 related deaths per year. Now, most of those deaths were attributed to overheating, hypothermia, even though drinking uh, through drinking too much water, which lowers body temperature, or by adverse reactions between E and other drugs. You know, mm. As you might imagine, some people do a lot of drugs and were popping quite a few. Ecstasy interferes with pain regulation, and some clubbers, uh, clubbers carried on raving when, in normal circumstances, they would have been too tired and would have stopped. Nonetheless, the deaths of young middle-class adults, such as Leah Betts, struck a chord with the media, which seized on the stories showing ecstasy's supposed lethality. So, according to this, those tw- of those 20 people dying per year, doesn't sound like any of them died because they overdosed. It was surrounding circumstances. Amazing. People dying from drinking too much water. One widely publicized paper claimed in 2002 that recreational doses could kill monkeys and cause diseases similar to Parkinson's. It was later discovered that the monkeys had been given methamphetamine, not MDMA. Oh. Whoopsie. The paper was subsequently withdrawn. Now, MDMA does have the word methamphetamine in it. It is related, but it is totally different. Ecstasy was not is not addictive in the crude way that heroin or cocaine is, but many users would find it pretty hard to party without it. The biggest recorded user is thought to have consumed 40,000 pills over nine years. We talked wow. about him. Uh, earlier this year, doctors who examined Mr. A reported in the journal Psychosomatics that his memory loss was so severe he couldn't remember what was in his supermarket trolley and had trouble working out the time of day. Extrapolating from this, however, is fraught with pitfalls, not least because Mr. A, as you might imagine, and this wasn't mentioned in the article, as I recall, when we originally talked about this guy, Mr. A had also taken marijuana, LSD, heroin, amphetamine, solvents, that's huffing. Oh my God. You really want to screw yourself up? Huff some stuff. Yeah. And cocaine to top it all off so i mean this guy was loading himself up with chemicals he's not exactly a control group no (laughs) nonetheless the psychiatrist studying mr a said that quote it might be an indication that daily use of ecstasy over a long period can lead to irreversible memory problems and other cognitive defects and i would say that it's pretty safe to say that daily use of ecstasy is a bad idea I would say daily use of any drug is probably a bad idea. If you take, uh, there are people I, that drink every day, uh, just a beer or two. It, 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 but it's not good for your liver to drink every day a beer or two. Don't they say that it helps with heart disease or something like that, or some sort of? You know, there's all kinds of different uh, uh, studies on these things. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's a good idea to have alcohol. Anyway, every day. I, I, and I would agree with you on that. And just in regards to ecstasy, though, it's when you take ecstasy, when you take MDMA. At least, if you're not a drug addict, if you're not a, an addictive personality, you'll find out if you take it again. Like, let's say you took ecstasy, ecstasy last weekend, this past weekend, mm-hmm. and you really, really liked it, and you want to go ahead and take it again, which you might want to do after you've taken it for the first time. You might think, wow, you know, that was really great. Maybe I'll do it this coming weekend. Well, then when you take it again that soon, you'll find out that the results have diminished tolerance. that quickly. You build a tolerance so fast with ecstasy. It's not like alcohol where you have to, you know, kind of build it up over, yeah. a, over a period of time. It's, it's fairly immediate, and it has to do with the period of time between your dosages. 
So if you t- and I've tried it, just so I know. I mean, I've I've experienced this. It stunk the second time uh, when I tried it a, a week later, just to see what it was like. I just wanted to see what the drop off was like. It's not because I was a drug addict or anything like that. And sure enough, it's much better if you give it a few months between sessions. But an addict will take ecstasy and say, "Yeah, that was great. I got to take some more." And then he'll take another pill the next weekend, and he'll see, "Hey, this man, this work. is so great. I need two. Yeah, I need two. I need four. I need twelve. Yeah, that's I've how known go. people that have uh, that have done that, and I, that's I a problem. I don't know what it's like now, but um, in the '80s when they were selling these things, and that's back when they were still, I think, prescription. Um, these were pills from prescriptions and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, MDA as opposed to MDMA. Uh, no, MDMA was actually available in the United States, non-prescription. It was just available. You okay, could just I don't buy know. it. I, I'm certainly not an expert in this area, but uh, somebody was. Trying to sell me one when I was in high school for twenty five dollars. Wow, back when it was legal. Well, it, it must have legal. gone illegal it at that point. This was nineteen eighty. Okay, seven, eight, eight nine. yeah, right. So you know, twenty five bucks. I can't imagine what they um, what they're going for now. I, I would they're think going for about twenty. Yeah. So the markets brought them down. Uh, an inkling of this is found in the work of Dr. Michael Morgan, a psychologist at the University of Sussex, who's found that two years after giving up ecstasy, some users still show memory loss similar to early-stage dementia. Longer-term studies are needed, he says, but if people who quit ten years ago are not okay, then this could have major implications for society. Exaggerated scares have served only to cloud the debate. Quote, it's media misinformation, and it's been very much influenced by the whole political approach of saying no to drugs, which doesn't work, according to Professor Curran. Drug use is almost normative nowadays in the 18 to 30 age group, and she's right about that. It's very widespread. Most will take the drugs for a while and come through at the end and have no problems. They are a completely different population to drug addicts, which is something we talk about time and time again. The difference between a responsible drug user and a drug addict. More's on the way. This is your show, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain in this the Wednesday edition. But still enough time for your call. If you make it now, 800-259-9231. You can talk about ecstasy or whatever is on your mind, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line. We are talking about ecstasy, also known as MDMA, and it's uh, that's more accurate term for it. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. We do ask that you voluntarily support the show, however, by amping Free Talk Live. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And essentially, the idea is simple. You send us three bucks a month. We promote Free Talk Live in return. We get the show on more radio stations. If you think it's important to spread the message of Free Talk Live, to spread the message of freedom and liberty around the world and around the country, then the AMP program is the way to go. In fact, over 300 of our, uh, 300 of our listeners have joined the AMP program so far mm-hmm. at amp.freetalklive.com, not only because they want to help the show, but also because they want to get their hands on a few perks. We do have classic archives that we offer them for free, uh, plus also the amplifier-only call-in lines, amplifier-only forum, and more. amp.freetalklive.com. Learn more about it. Get signed up. And is there a little person that's important to you this Christmas? Well, give them financial literacy for Christmas. It's a kid's journey to getting rich by Jewel Thornton, and it shows kids how to grow up financially free, save early and often, and how to develop passive income streams, the key to financial freedom. It's a great stocking stuffer, and I'm wondering if it'll still be shipped to you free by Christmas. I'm thinking today is the... Uh, um, or not free, but you know, shipped to you by sh- Shipped to you in time for Christmas. I'm thinking that today is probably the last day that you can... TikTok. 
Yeah, sign up. So like really today, it, as in the next two hours? Get it, get it done. Okay. Get it done as quick as you can. Check out A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich at akidsjourney.com. And if it doesn't make it by Christmas or you order it too late or whatever. It's still more valuable than anything else you're going to get that child for Christmas. Yeah, it's going to be way better than Barbie or uh, Transformer, as much as I like Transformers. So we're talking about uh, ecstasy, MDMA, the Times Online, talking about uh, a study, or I guess uh, sort of coagulating or co- coalescing several different studies and reporting on what people have found over the years about ecstasy. And the fact is, it's been used by millions of people, and very, very few people comparatively have suffered uh, death as a result of it. What we don't know, and, and the deaths are tangential to ecstasy more than they are direct results of taking the drug. But what we don't know is the long-term effects. We're not so sure about what's going to happen to people 10, 20, 30 years down the line. Hard to say. So apparently work by... And, and how much you have to take in order to get these res- those results, whatever they might be. Instead of taking a moral view on ecstasy, Professor Curran says we should accept that people are going to take drugs and say, here is the science, here's the risk-benefit profile, it's your informed choice. Instead, we're in this crazy world where everything is pushed underground and drugs are put in the hands of criminals. Right. I'm not saying we should legalize ecstasy. That's a big step. And I don't know why she isn't saying that. Why aren't you saying legalize ecstasy? It's the best step. It's the sensible one. You know, there are drug. The fact is there are drugs out there that some are better than others. It's just the way it is. Yep. Some drugs are much more destructive to the human body than others are. Absolutely. And because we keep them all illegal and we treat them all the same, the um, ones that are better for you don't have a chance. To, you know, people don't use those. And we'll never I mean, find out how they can really help. Uh, how they can help you. I mean, we all know what happens to people if they drink too much alcohol in their lives. I mean, they, you know, they die young. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we know that some drugs are better than others. Like for instance, Dilaudid's. From what I understand, um, you know, this is I, I have it's pain I've, medication. Yeah, I've I've, I've talked to some uh, two different uh, physicians assistants on um, regarding this, and you know, basically Dilaudid's have no side effects or anything like that. The people that have attendant that you know take them and shoot them or whatever they do with them, mm-hmm. there's really no side effects. Well, if all drugs were legal, people would stop taking the dangerous ones, and they would take the ones that were less dangerous, and there would be Fewer side effects to people taking drugs. There'd be fewer overdoses. Not to mention all the other benefits we always talk about, that less crime, less violent crime. We talked about that actually last night, how uh, police have estimated that violent crime would drop by at least 60%. uh, At least. Yeah, it's it's got closer to 85. Work by Professor Curran uh, shows that, oh, she also points out that in Holland, where there are coffee shops, there there haven't been any major disasters uh, through making cannabis available. Work by Professor Curran shows that volunteers given ecstasy perform about 10 to 15 percent worse on memory tasks than those given a placebo. But the impairment vanishes after six hours. So once the drug is done, then they're back to uh, what essentially is normal. She says if you look at people who've given up for a year, there's very little evidence of damage that persists. She adds that studies trying to link cognitive damage to ecstasy face a substantial hurdle. Because users also tend to use other drugs, researchers have to be sure that any cognitive deficits are not due to those other drugs. So you gotta, it's, it's, she's saying it's really tough to research this. Mm-hmm. Professor Curran says 99% of people that use ecstasy use other drugs. So if you want to study memory loss due to ecstasy, you have to find a control group that takes all those uh, other drugs, such as cannabis, but not ecstasy. 
It's difficult. We had to go to South Africa. Hardly anyone in the United Kingdom who has taken ecstasy has not used other drugs, and that makes other studies problematic. Because of these attempts at finding controls, Professor Curran is pretty comfortable that her results, that there is little, long per, uh, lo little proof of long-term damage through recreational ecstasy use, are reliable. Now, interestingly, Dr. Morgan, the different doctor, thinks that the ambiguous findings on the drug's long-term effects might be due to a simple study flaw, not separating out men and women. He says that early indications suggest that women may be more susceptible to psychosis after the long-term use of psychostimulants, such as ecstasy. I don't know. Is ecstasy a psychostimulant? I guess it... I don't even know what that term means. I, I guess it's psycho in that it affects your brain in a stimulant fashion. Okay, yeah... Although I've heard it described as an empathogen, uh, more than it is a like a more than it is say a psychoactive drug, but uh, anyway, ecstasy or not psychoactive, but uh, psychostimulant is what he said. Well, anyway, ecstasy in contrast, men may be more susceptible than women to psychosis after prolonged cannabis use. Uh, <laughs> psychosis after smoking marijuana. I mean, it's the what? first time I've heard of anything like that. Yeah, the fact that, like, if he hadn't have thrown that marijuana line in there, I might have said, okay, yeah, maybe that's the case. But <laughs> by saying I, you can be a, you can get psychosis from, I, I would, I would uh, say that there's people out there who probably would just say that women are more likely to suffer from psychosis. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, many sorry. scientists, <laughs> sorry, ladies, many scientists are frustrated. Mine's actually been suffering this week. Many scientists are frustrated that as the rave generation heads into middle age, the scientific picture on prolonged ecstasy use remains unclear. Professor John Henry, professor of accident and emergency medicine at the Imperial College in London and renowned toxicologist, says, quote, I wanted to start research on the effects of ecstasy years ago, and they told me, don't be an idiot. I really think that if we had studied school children and found out who used ecstasy and then followed up with them to see what happens, we'd have the answers by now. And I think he, you know, he might be right, but he was dissuaded from doing it. I think the consequences are that you've got 1 to 1.5 million people, remember this is in the United Kingdom, numbers bigger in the United States, who've been using ecstasy, who have lost one or two or three IQ points. Now, remember, he's completely hypothesizing here. Right. He has nothing to back this statement up who've lost one or two or three IQ points, whose memories are not as good as they were, who are not employable in the same jobs. This is serious stuff. This is big. A million people with less cutting edge is an enormous belly blow to the country. Now, it almost makes it sound, he doesn't call for tougher restrictions, more enforcement, or anything like that. What else could he be calling for, though? But, but that's sort of a statement. The idea that, well, this is, leads to that. this is bad. We This is a bad drug. It's hurting the country. It's hurting productivity. Therefore, we need to enforce. We need to keep people off of it. And that's where we are today, and it's not well, working. I'd say that we'd be better off, better keeping people off of it by legalizing them. I mean, the, we've, sh we've looked at the studies. In Amsterdam, It's the teen use of marijuana is down. It's true. Uh, but it's not an excuse. What he's saying, even if it's true, and he's got nothing, he just said, remember, the first two words in that quote were, I think, mm -hmm. meaning that's his just imagination going wild. But even if what he thinks turns out to be true, it's not a justification for banning the drug. Otherwise, we might as well ban alcohol again, because uh, last time I checked, alcoholics, you could probably find, you could probably discover that they've lost a few IQ points. 
Well, but you could take in a bit of a, a bit of a hit mentally if you can show um, that you know something's destructive to the human frame, whether it's uh, mentally or physically or whatever. You could ban just about anything. Yeah, you can ban chocolate. You'd be banning uh, red meat. You'd be banning everything. I mean, this that's not a it's it's not a reasonable jump in logic, people. I'm sorry. Right. It's my body. I get to decide whether or not I harm it. So what we need to do is legalize ecstasy, legalize other drugs as well, allow people to do studies on them so we can really come to understand what it is we're dealing with here, what the consequences really are. And even if the consequences are really, really bad, that doesn't mean we go and make them illegal again. Because it's not going to stop people from taking them, and it's not going to stop us uh, and it's not going to stop the government from continuing to foist this insane war on drugs upon us. It's Vinny in here with you. And Mark. All right. We'll be back tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.